What's shaking, cats and kittens? Thank you for supporting my podcast and my sustaining partners. I want to tell you about one of them right now, Charmington Holistics. Do you know what an apothecary is? Well, an apothecary makes and provides medicines. Charmington Holistics specializes in all natural herbal remedies and is an apothecary. So, what's ailing you? Can't sleep? Got a stomach ache? Got the blues? Well, head on over to Charmington Holistics where you can find herbal support for anything you need. A personal blended tea, herbal tonic, and supplements can offer you an alternative to that Advil bottle while an in-house herbalist listens to your needs as well. Charmington Holistics is your source for all things herbal. Head on over to 425 South Conklin Street in Highland Town or visit Charmington Holistics on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. And Charmington Holistics is open 12 to 5 on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Head on over, check them out, tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening. This is on MTR Podcast. My next guest is chef and co-owner of Scola, a small cooking school located in historic Mount Vernon. Please welcome Chef Amy Von Lang. Hello. So, so thanks for uh, for coming through. Um, I mean, it's it's a very interesting time for me because I'm in the middle of uh, reading a cooking uh, chef memoir. So the, <laughs> I'm going to have Which a one. It's it's uh, Anthony Bourdain's first book. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, I'm kind of cheating. I'm doing the ebook, but I've listened to it like four times because yeah. it's just like I get different pieces. So um, in one interview, I interviewed um, a chef recently and he what, he said, Missy Plaz or have you? And I was like, I know what that is. Mise en place. Mise en place. I was like, I know yes. what that is. It's a French term. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I got it purely from listening to that ebook. So, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's good. So for the folks who are uninitiated, um, describe Scola and how it came to be. So my business partner and I, uh, who he owned several restaurants in Baltimore back in the day, and we were both at a point where I was an exec chef at a couple of hotels, and I was doing a lot of a lot of like large weddings, a lot of the same food. You know, the, everybody loves the crab cake and the filet mignon in Baltimore. It's like the thing, and I, I just wanted to be able to get more creative. And I started doing some of these cooking classes. And I actually used to help him at a couple of his restaurants do cooking classes. We do them in people's homes and it was really popular and people really enjoyed them. So one day we kind of got together and said, hey, why don't we do this uh, in our own location? Uh, when we, we can make our own schedule, we can do our own classes, we can do what we want. So that's pretty much how it came to be. And then we got together, I've known him I mean, I can mention him. I don't know. Everybody knows him pretty much. It's Jerry Pellegrino. He's on NPR. He's very popular. He had some really great restaurants. Uh, he had Corks. He had um, Waterfront Kitchen. And there was another one. It started with an A. I can't remember exactly right now. But Abercrombie, that's what it was. But anyway, we've been friends for years. I knew him from the neighborhood in Federal Hill when I lived over there. And I started working for him. He's sort of been my mentor and it's kind of what led me into this field anyway. So that's how it started. So we sat down one day, just mapped it out, figured out what we could do, what we could afford, um, and we made it happen. So uh, today we're almost seven years now. That's great. It's wonderful. Uh, so is there a chef out there that you, you mentioned uh, Jerry Pellegrino as kind of being in that mentor spot? Is there a chef that you admire and maybe 
kind of sparked that initial interest in, in going into the, the, the culinary industry? And if so, who and why are they that, that mentor or that, uh, that person you look up to? Well, okay, so this is probably a very typical answer, but when I, I went into culinary school a lot later in life, I, I just wanted to go. I read uh, Julia Child's book, um, My Life in Paris, and I realized that she didn't go into it till she was 36 years old. I was like, I there's no way I could go into this. I'm too old to do this. So I read her book and I got really inspired. Um, never got to meet her, but I got really inspired. I was like, you know what? maybe it's not too late to do what I love. So that's, that's what inspired me. But today I really enjoyed, I, I love all the male chefs. They're awesome, but it's such a male dominated industry. I really enjoy like Anne Burrell. I think she's pretty awesome. You know, Alex Granichelli, like, I just yeah. like all those, you know, typical uh, tough women in the kitchen. So I dig um, Alex, like uh, whenever, whenever there's a, a recipe that she puts out there via social media or uh, if she's on one of the like challenge shows, I'm mm -hmm. just all in. I was like, okay, yep, yep, I'm here for Alex. Here we go. Absolutely. And, and her sensibilities on, um, on on food are kind of similar to like just really what I admire and what I look for in the type of food that I enjoy and the approach that I enjoy and how it's being being made. I try to be a little bit of a foodie in the in the background. So, what is that? What What do you guys like? What do you like to cook, eat? I. I, I like kind of like uh, food that plays with, with different like um, ingredients, things that might be local, but you might apply them in a different way. So one of the things I like to make are these smoked crab cakes and has like a, a Japanese vibe to it. But then it'll have like the local ingredients, the local crab, obviously, but it'll have QP in it. It'll have uh, furikake um, and the, the panko breadcrumbs and I'm smoking it. So it's like this this thing that's familiar, but then I'm doing something that's a little different with it. And that's now a staple in um, as far as like parties and hors d'oeuvres. It's like, oh, yeah, make sure you bring some smoked crab balls because I've a version of them. Um, but yeah, I, I like Italian food. I, I like a little bit of of everything. Um, but the 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 it's more so like the playfulness there and how someone approaches it. That's the thing that really interests me. Um, so so when when would, what would be one of those early experiences where you realized you you loved food, you loved uh, like you were passionate about it. Well, when I was growing up, my parents were very good in the kitchen. And I remember, and no offense to anybody, but I remember going to my friend's house at parents' house for dinner. And I was like, wow, this is it. Um, because my parents could take anything out of the refrigerator and turn it into magic, you know, lettuce, whatever it was. The dressings were always good. I mean, it wasn't like high-end food or anything, but they just were very creative. I mean, my, my dad was one of nine, so that really helps. Um, my mom was the youngest girl in the family. She's the only girl in the family, you know, so... I get I got a lot of tips from them. So at a very early age. And then I remember cooking like my first little dinner party and my friends were really impressed. Like, how did you do that? And I was, yeah. I was like, I just did it. I mean, I remember, you know, I was taught how to do this. So that's when it kind of sparked me a little bit younger. Um, not too young. Like I was I was probably not until 18 or 19 until I started really getting an interest. Not like the kids today that are, you know, out of the womb and, you know, <laughs> little little butter knife in their hand. That's crazy. But but, um, so that's about the time that it started interesting me. And, and I, I do remember people, it was a two of my friends in particular, they're like, this is really good. <laughs> I was like, thanks. But I thought it was, it was, it was, it was cool. It was, it was cool to get that reaction. That's great. Um, 
I, I have almost I like to describe it as a cowboy approach in terms of maybe trying something new, something that's a unique ingredient. Um, I'm one of those people that if I go to Wegmans or like Trader Joe's, I'm looking for like, hmm, what kind of spice is here? How can I use this? Or going to a place. Oh, they have prawns? Okay, yeah, I'm going to make a po'boy mm -hmm. with that. And just trying to figure things out, but do it in a unique way. And that's the yeah, thing that I love fusion. for you. Yeah. Uh, so what are, so with the classes that are there at school, what are some of the more popular classes? Like, what are people like, I can't wait until this seasonal class is here. What, what comes to mind? Well, so <laughs> this is the most popular class we have and we repeat it so often as pasta. We do about five different pasta classes. You know, we try to integrate winter pasta, summer pasta, just to get the vegetables and everything that's fresh in. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, fresh pasta is a really popular one. We make anything from a lasagna, a ravioli, a tortellini to a gnocchi. Um, we do something called a garganelli, which is like a handmade uh, penne pasta. Uh, and you do it on a gnocchi paddle to make everything easier. But um, it's pretty cool. That one's very popular. And I think with the Facebook pasta grannies, I don't know if you've watched that or not. <laughs> no. They're awesome. I mean, they're like, <laughs> they've been doing it forever. And they're older women and they're in Italy. And you get to hear a little bit of the language. It's pretty cool. But And they do, they, they can make some basic scratch pasta from water and flour. It's amazing. So... It's pretty interesting to watch them. So that's one of our popular classes. We do have uh, some other kind of different, we have a span, you know, we have a bunch of Spanish cuisine that we're doing. Uh, we actually have a Spanish winemaker's dinner that's coming up, but yeah, we do, we do winemaker dinners every once in a while with, yeah. uh, with people. That's very fun. So Spanish, uh, one that I just added was Lebanese, Turkey, Morocco, and Spain. Um, which I really, I, or Turk, yeah, anyway, I really like that class. It uses those ingredients with lo with local flair, um, but you can get these spices like Raz al Hanout, which is a Moroccan spice that's very similar to, you know, Baberi, which is an Ethiopian spice, which is very similar to this and that and that. Yeah. So it's really fun to diversify and no, you're not gonna get the same exact yeah. authentic ingredients that you're getting in Morocco. However, you can do, you know, a fair approximation with what you have here. So, and people are intimidated, a little intimidated to use new spice. So I encourage that. And I really enjoy and enjoy that school. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember like, I usually without context, my, my, my family, I use them like my immediate family members. I use them as Guinea pigs for when I try out new spices. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I try to make use of, I have a trigger smoker and I try to make use of it when, mm -hmm. when people are over as part of my entertaining. And, I just remember on the fly, because um, I'm learning how important line cooks are and things of that nature. So I'm learning on the fly, uh, putting this rub together for um, these uh, petite fillets that I'm going to smoke. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do a coffee rub. And I'm just talking to myself. And my dad's <laughs> just looking at me. He's like, why are you using coffee? I was like, trust me, it's going to be great. And he's like, good. yeah. And it turned out really good. And it's just, you know, I, I'm the person that you'll go through, you'll look through, through the cabinet. And it's like, you got tanjing, you got all of these different things. There's almost no salt in there, but mm. it's all of these other things to kind of get the flavor. Because I, I have some snobbish approaches, like if something <laughs> is over salted or something is over buttered. It's like those have the flavor in it. Like, right. <laughs> what are you hiding? You know. Right. <laughs> um, no, I agree. You know, it is like it's adding the olives. There's so much. You know, there's so much salt and salty flavor in those olives, and then. Um, the lemon juice brings really brings the acid out in it. So I, I understand. I 
totally can relate and get what you're saying. And I, I, I thought you were going to say your dad thought you were crazy for talking to yourself in the kitchen because <laughs> that's what I do constantly. I walk around and I'm like, what am I doing? Where am I going? What am I pulling? Um, but I do the same thing. So yeah. So actually, improvising is really, uh, that's another thing we try to teach at Scola. Yeah. If something doesn't work out, try something else. Don't freak out. You know, don't let your hair catch on fire. It's totally fine. Relax, have a glass of wine, have a sip of salt or whatever it yeah. is. Um, but just relax. No one's going to, you're not cooking a dinner party for 200 people. It's not that big of a deal, you know? So. Right. You got to be able to free jazz it, improvise. Like I I'm, more in terms of cooking, I'm more interested in cooking than actually baking, baking science. And, yeah, you know, you, you could screw that up or what have you, if you <laughs> get in a spot where you're improvising. Um, and you talked, you touched on like talking in the kitchen and, and, and things like that talk to yourself in the kitchen, maybe, and things like that. So I've read that the kitchen can be in, unintentionally or even intentionally funny. What is a funny kitchen experience that comes to mind for you that you were either around or you were made aware of? Oh man, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> Sorry. You're making me think on the fly. I uh, <laughs> Something funny. Oh, well, I mean, something that was cute that happened in school that I thought was kind of funny. Um, so we have a bunch of people come in and some of them are regulars and some of them are not, but someone asked me the same thing at school one day and they said, well, so what, you know, is there anything ever gotten really bad? Did something turn out really bad? And I said, well, it wasn't necessarily bad, but we have these big salt, whatever everybody calls bays. We have these big salt containers and everything is usually measured out except for the salt. We've got these big containers of salt. So what, had, what happened? Uh, the, we got to the end of the meal and people were like, you know, these pancakes, these Dutch babies are really salty. And I, I looked at the people that made them and I said, you didn't put all that salt in there, did you? And they oh. go, yeah, we did. So, oh, it, no. so that was very funny. But the funnier part was that um, I told that story un, not knowing that her it was her daughter that had done it. So <laughs> it was just very funny. So she's like, yeah, that was my, it wasn't even her daughter. No, it was her parents. She's like, my parents weren't here. They did that. That was them. So I told that story to someone yeah. that was related to, to adding uh, too much salt. But there's That's been great. a bunch of stuff, different things that have happened in the kitchen that at the time don't seem very funny. And then you look back on them like, yeah, that was funny. It, it has to be some levity, I would imagine, in there, like in the in the learning environment, like like Scolo, I have you. Like, there's some maybe you know some some uh, trepidation, some maybe hurt feelings, some hurt egos as to man, I'm not getting this right, I'm not understanding this. You know, when you're learning something new, or even in like the actual like working in a kitchen situation, it's just pressure and sweat and things of that nature. So there are going to be things that add a degree to agree degree of levity to it, whether it's someone that's super funny that's in there or you know you can't take things too serious too oh yeah yeah and I, I mean i try to do that there um i i, I think i try to introduce it as you're not going to get a culinary degree here we're going to have some fun in the kitchen hopefully you take away you know some basic skills some things that you didn't know before and relax if it doesn't work out there's Grubhub. We can always <laughs> learn food which never has happened but you know i just want people to relax and uh, take it easy. This is, it's supposed to be relaxing. It's not supposed to be a stressful event, especially where, where we are. You come in, you cook, you don't have to do any cleaning. You get yeah. to eat, you get to meet some people, you know, it's BYOB if you want to bring your wine, you know, whatever it is. So it's, it's, it's more of a relaxing, not a Gordon Ramsay kind of utilitarian, crazy, you know, so. <laughs> so in that, what, what skills, like you, you said, you're going to pick up some skills and I think just, in being in an environment, one of the 
one, uh, I, I think, experience that I had, I was able to cook with one of my favorite chefs in, uh, locally. And um, and it was to make one of my favorite dishes. And it's, it's a four web series that I'm doing. And so I was able to make his mushroom stew with him. And I was like, this is this is great. I was like, I get to eat this now, too. <laughs> Um, and I think from like being in there and seeing how things are, are, you know, operate, I take some of that back to my own approach at home. So what, what would you say like something is that a person can easily pick up just going to one of the classes at Scola? Would it be, you know, maybe cutting? I know that that's a thing like cutting like vegetables and things like that. Knife skills are a thing. But mm-hmm. what is something that you think like even with one lesson, somebody could just pick up by coming to uh, Scola? Well, definitely knife skills. I, I, I've had people who say, I, I never knew how to cut that before. That's how you cut that, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, during the brunches, I even if you don't eat them, people are really intimidated by making that hollandaise, uh, which is a simple emulsion. But it's very intimidating if you don't know how to, you know, blend certain ingredients that don't blend very well together. So mm-hmm. I've been having them poach eggs. They don't. People are really intimidated by poaching eggs and they don't realize how easy it is. Um, so it's stuff like that. It's the handmade pasta. A lot of people don't realize how easy that stuff is to make. Um, just using a couple simple ingredients to add a little bit more flavor. That that whole salt, heat, um, acid, whatever that cookbook is. That there's a lot to that. So you're going to need a little bit of all those components. And and I don't think people realize that. So when they come in, it's uh, you know they wouldn't think to add some of the ingredients we're we're, we're adding. Um, even that 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 Razal Hanout spice I was talking about. Everybody seems to love it. It's very, very, I uh, got a very big, strong hint of cinnamon in it. And a lot of people don't like cinnamon. However, they like it in the foods that we're, we're making in those tagines that you were talking about, like a sweet potato and the, you don't think you like prunes, but you have it all together and you're yeah. like, this is really delicious. So I think one of the things I've become a little bit more uh, aware of is the diversity and the things that I like to eat. So like, mm-hmm. um, and that's the way I would apply even like going to like Scola or something. It's like, all right, let me take that specific class right there. Cause I want to learn more about this type of cuisine or mm-hmm. I want to work in this area. Um, Cause right now I'm just every day I'm eating like two to three of those pre-made frozen meals. So when I actually <laughs> get to, uh, um, cause I look at it as a, a learning thing. When I actually get to, I'm going to a restaurant, it, it's, a very rare occurrence for me now or mm-hmm. if I'm going to a place I think even picking up something like that of hey you can make this so you're able to now when you go to a place you know was that made right was that made? <laughs> did they actually put in work how, how was that emulsifying done like was that on everybody's point? a critic <laughs> well but I mean I think it's something that you can learn if you're around it because um no you I can think, you pick it up yeah and I think really like really high quality food and and, and technique unless you've got some relationship to it, like some knowledge of it, anybody can sell you anything and say like, for instance, like when I have like shrimp and grits, pork is a part of that. And when someone's mm-hmm. like, oh, we have a turkey. It's like, no, you don't. I, I don't want that. <laughs> I was like, that's <laughs> no, not that's what it is. Work, sorry. Or we have um, some cauliflower rice. I was like, no, that's not rice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's something else. It's fine, but that's not it. So in your home kitchen, what are three ingredients that are always in your home kitchen? I mean, I hate to say this, but salt. Fair. <laughs> no, I mean, salt is going to be in danger. Any kind of like acid, vinegar, lemon juice, that kind of thing, and garlic. Those are my three favorite ingredients. Um, 
you know, I mean, there's a bunch of other things, but as far as spices, I always like a vinegar, um, something, you know, acidic, uh, salt always, or some sort of something spice oriented. And then I love fresh garlic. It's just, that's my, that's my, um, uh, desert Island. Those three (laughs) things are going to go in my fish. Well, not the vinegar, but the salt (laughs) and the garlic, definitely. So olive oil, you know, olive oil is a big one. Um, so it's just, those are real basics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar. Like I, I usually have either apple cider vinegar or white vinegar there. Yeah. Like from having like a salad, making a, having a white vinegar and maybe mixing in some of that really, it's really thick, uh, like balsamic is almost like a reduction. And mm-hmm. they use it as like a, a dressing. Those together is like, that's fire. I don't need a salad dressing. I've kind of made my own version. You of already it. make your own, yeah. yeah. And I enjoy, um, you ever have dumplings? Like I love dumplings, I love Asian yeah. dumplings. But just the mixture of the soy sauce, the sesame oil, the vinegar, yeah. tea, you know, some spice. I will put that on lettuce. It's delicious, <laughs> you know, it so. Absolutely. It's good stuff. Um, what is your favorite dish these days to create? Jeez. Uh, I like to, I mean, I love grilling. I know that, um, it's just clean. It's easy. And I love it. And the, the results are always great. Uh, I love, I love meat. Uh, I'm not a <laughs> vegan vegetarian. I mean, we have those classes and I appreciate it. However, it's just not me. I mean, I do. I love lamb. I love a good big old ribeye. Um, so I love anything on the grill. I do like lately. I like to get a little bit, you know, the tagines are really fun to do. Um, but I don't, he's not a picky eater at home, but he, I've got somebody that's more meat and potatoes. So that's, that's what I'm leaning towards. And I like to do pastas a lot, just some stuffed ravioli. Cause you can put anything in them that you want. Absolutely. And I do like making Asian dumplings. And then we do sushi a lot here just cause, uh, cause I, I do poke bowls and then we roll sushi as well. So I feel like that's Nothing, a class. like, you know, it's a lot of people, there's a lot of chefs that are just so talented and they do all of these things and there's so many techniques that they use and it takes this long to make something, but at home, I just don't have the energy. So I like to put together things that are pretty simple that you can really do at home easily where I'm not cleaning 80 dishes. That's why I love the grill. So that's, that's legit. Like, uh, yeah. I have a, I have a grill, I have a smoker in the back and mm-hmm. it's like, I, you know, I, I, I don't even have to really get rid of the ash from the smoker. Like, Oh, okay. Right. That's, uh, <laughs> it just I, adds I, flavor. Yeah. I, I hate getting rid of the, the, the charcoal, but we have that little, like, little, uh, a window that you can open and everything just falls out. I'm like, all right, <laughs> trash can aim and boom, done one move. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, I think I've gotten a bit better with the grilling and the smoking of like vegetables. Cause I find like, it's just a meat fest and mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that, but there are certain facets where it's like, you know what, this would be really good with as a shish kebab, or this would be really good with some corn or something along those lines. So kind of working on that and understanding the, dim- the differences in heat and things of that nature. Yeah. And that just comes from like repetition and practice and just being able to get into the lab and the lab is my backyard. Well, and it's exactly, I tell people that you were talking about people get intimidated. You're talking about, um, people don't just learn how to cook once they get frustrated. It's we're not all tiger woods in the kitchen. I mean, this is something that, you know, it takes some time. It takes some practice. I don't know anybody that's nailed it the first time they've done something um, on complicated dishes, even, even if they're not complicated. So I, I do the same thing. So I throw all my corn on the grill in the husk, you know, and then I'll peel it. Cause then it comes off so much easier and you got that nice char on it. So yeah, I love the grill. 
Um, so what do you love most about your, your, your work with Scola? It's, it's fun. Um, it's, it's fun. It's creative. Um, I had a, a couple sales jobs when I was younger and there was a lot of, you know, traveling was great, but sitting behind a desk is just not me. It never was. Uh, so just being able to be on my feet all the time. Um, I'm always moving. Uh, I'm not stuck behind a desk, which probably frustrates some people because when they, when they want the email, like I want this and I'm like, you gotta hold on. I'm not behind a computer right now, but I love being in the kitchen. Um, I love people coming in having fun and leaving and telling me they had the greatest time. And we've had several private parties. People have their birthday parties. They have such a great time. I mean, I have goofy pictures of people dancing and, you know, cooking and singing along to the radio. So it's, it's, that's really fun. But as far as personally, it's, it's really a lot of the, the, the creativity and be able, able to create different menus uh, without having to ask anybody but myself. You know? <laughs> I mean, of course, I ask people like, what do you think? What would you like to do? Because I always want feedback from that. Um, and I've gotten several ideas from my friends before, but it's just nice to be able to be creative. That's that's great. Uh, now, this is the last question before we get into our rapid fire questions and wrap up oh, the show. Oh, geez, rapid fire. That scares me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is the hot seat. Uh, so if you could prepare a meal for anyone, who would it be and what would you make? Do they have to be alive? Yeah, uh, <laughs> living or dead, living or dead. Um, okay, so my grandmother was Argentinian and she was not alive when I started this process of my life. So I would love to sit down and just cook some Argentinian food and drink some Argentinian wine with her. That's, I think that's where I get the vinegar from. There's a lot of vinegar in Argentinian cooking, like your chimichurris and, yeah. and just marinating your vegetables. Uh, I think that would be a blast because she was a trip and I do miss her every day. Um, like she had nine kids. So, I mean, she was a very special lady. She, she had, I can't even remember how many grandkids, but I would say I was her favorite out of all like <laughs> 200 of them. Wow. But uh, that would be really fun for me. Um, I would not want to cook for Julia Child. I'd be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I would be afraid, but I'd love to share some wine with her and some charcuterie and some pate. Um, but just friends and family, that's who I love cooking for. It just makes people happy and it brings everybody together. That's why, you know, everybody loves Thanksgiving. That's why I love Thanksgiving, just getting family together. There's no rock star or anybody like that, but I'm like, God, I wish I could cook for them. Just, you know, it's just, I think my grandmother would be awesome though. That would be fun. That'd be great. That sounds great. I'd like to cook for a younger me. It's like, look, you got to stop eating this, man. You got to eat different. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have time travel? Uh, so now now it's time for these rapid fire questions. And um, this is a segment that I work in on occasion to really kind of see see what the person's response is going to be without really having the time to think. It's not gotcha questions, but it is kind of like. It's not like the ink blot, right, where you're analyzing? No, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, <laughs> Rorschach, it's not the Rorschach. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't require any context or what have you, unless you want to provide context. Um, so first question. What is that kitchen tool that you cannot live without? That you just, you've got to have this one kitchen tool. Oh, you got to have a knife. I mean, you're kind of messed. You know, I was going to say screwed, but like you're, you just can't do anything without a knife. So I got to tell you, that one's really pretty basic, but yeah. Okay. Um, your favorite restaurant in Baltimore? Oh, that is so terrible. <laughs> do you have kids? No. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, because when people ask me this, I say, which one's your favorite kid? And they're like, we love them all differently. <laughs> uh, well, 
Uh, so two of my really, my big favorites, actually three of my favorites are, and they're all pretty no, well-known chefs. Um, I really love, I used to love Aldo's when it was open. Uh, the Vitales were great. I love La Scala, Nino. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I really love little Petit Louis. I love Cindy Wolf. I really do. So those are the real popular ones. But another one that I really like, um, it's for Lebanese food. And it's just kind of, it's not, you know, crazy decor or anything. It's called Biblos on Light Street. It's Lebanese uh, food and they're Lebanese. Uh, yeah. And they're just lovely people. And they put out really they just, she won't give me her hummus recipe. It, it irks me because it's so good. And it's so, I'm like, come on, please. She's like, no. So, I mean, those are some, I love Italian. So I'm always going to go Italian. I love, you know, a little bit of French, not too much, but yeah. So hmm. I wish I had like a, I haven't been out in so long. Like you, I don't really go to restaurants anymore and I haven't been to one and I feel so long. So, uh, yeah, so it's hard to remember which ones those are. That's legit. I mean, I've I've uh, been to two of them, so yeah, I gotta add this to my list of places to check out. Oh, and oh, and uh, I, old school prime rib. I used to go there when I was younger. Just special occasion place. Yeah, I love that the waiter. Everybody's older than me there. I mean, I'm the youngest one in the crowd. I love it. <laughs> that I never used- happens anymore. Whenever there's uh, the seasons change, I like to go to La Scala. My dad put me onto it. He used to uh, work in Little Italy all the time. And he's like, yeah, go to La Scala, get the chicken, salt, and baka. I was like, say more. And I go there. And it's kind of like if you know, you know, because it's usually not on the menu. And I just remember getting that. And I fell in love with that kind of charred Caesar salad. Mm-hmm, that's and, really good and it's just like that's the go-to like whenever there's a major thing going there with a girlfriend going there for like a family thing and it's like oh yeah this is where we're gonna go this is exactly yeah and going. i like that we could play bocce too like we would get a bunch of appetizers and have them delivered to the the table next to the bocce yeah. and we play bocce and get some competition going it, it, it's really it's a fun place it's a it's very cool i like it totally um now this is a pizza related question uh-oh are garlic or red sauce Oh, I like, I don't like a ton of red sauce, but I like red sauce. Um, I, that's such a bad question. (laughs) It depends on what day, you know what, it depends on what mood I'm in. Right now I would go with garlic sauce. Okay. But tomorrow it might be tomato. But see, I, I think you had the, I think you had the proper qualification there, and like, I don't like a lot though. Like I like a thin layer of red sauce. Like, yeah. I like a good New York style mm-hmm. thin, good. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to find. <laughs> now I've recently changed this one. We have two left. Uh, this is, this is Indian cuisine related question. Okay. Naan or samosas? Well, they're totally different. I mean, they're totally different. I couldn't think of I another mean, samosas brand. Samosas are like big, fat, lovely dumpling, like filled with meat and potatoes and peas and Nana's bread that you sop up all that sauce with. So it's, you know, I love softening up the sauce with the naan. You can't ask these questions. They're impossible to answer. <laughs> I mean, I, the question, the answer is both, actually. Cause, uh, right. They're so good. So, right. The naan is great for softening up the beautiful sauce. And then the samosas are just delicious. But you can also soft the sauce up with. So I'm going to go both. Initially, it was going to be naan or cocoa bread. Oh, uh, not naan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now, this one is a little bit of a point of contention. This is the last one I have because I get crap for what my answer is to this, but I want to see what yours is. Uh, Chicken breast or chicken thigh? Chicken breast. 
You can be prepared. In- really? Every single time. <sighs> yeah, I love chicken breast. It's just. You do? Yeah. Just oh, really- I love the thigh. Oh, it's so good. It's so tender. So I- the thing about chicken breast, if I cook it, I'm yeah. okay with it. But a lot of people hammer it. So, mm-hmm. you know, so if it's cooked properly, then chicken breast is delicious. But there's so many places, you know, there's so many times that you get it and it's overcooked. So, but I, oh, I love the thigh. I mean, I usually so any of the, the chicken I get because I'll, I'll use thighs because that's the, the flavor for me. Like the same mm-hmm. the approach I have with the crab cake. If I'm throwing claw meat and um, lump in there and I it's probably like two to one in terms of like the claw meat because it's like that's where the flavor is at. And the, the thighs where the flavor is at for the chicken. So if, if, if I'm doing like a shredded chicken, like in a crock pot beer and that whole situation, it's going to yeah. be a fair amount of thigh. And it's just like, this is the flavor. I like the texture of the breast, but you're right. You're absolutely right. It has to be cooked in a certain way and cooked right for it to actually be good as something I want to eat. Right. <laughs> and I've been eating a lot of chicken breast because that's what's in the uh, majority of the uh, bodybuilder meals that I get. It's like, oh, we had chicken. I was like, again? I'm like, oh, I'm kind of sick of chicken. Okay. Uh, so that's pretty much all I have um, in terms of questions. So now I want to open it up to you to shamelessly plug. Where can he find you at on social media and online? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not going to shamelessly plugging. No, I really appreciate it. Uh, so Facebook is Scola Cooks. Scola Cooks, S-C-H-O-L-A-C-O-O-K-S. I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember what our Instagram is, but I'm sure it's Scola Cooks. I have a friend of mine does our social media because I'm so, as you can tell, I'm technically challenged. I'm so bad at it. So she does it for us. But um, so, and then just go to our website. It's www.scola, which is S-C-H-O-L-A, cooks, C-O-O-K-S.com. And then you can find all of our little, you know, those little labels that have all the social media <laughs> on it. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's us. But we would love for you guys to come. We're in historic, like I said, historic Mount Vernon. We're right by the monument. Um, and it's just, it's just something different to do rather than going to dinner with everybody one night. If you want to come with your friends, your neighbors, uh, if you come by yourself, most people walk away knowing people when they leave. So it is all about community. We do encourage you to talk to people and, and um, people we call breaking bread, you know, like hang out together. Um, like I said, most people, most classes come together. They don't know anybody and then they leave and they have some friends or at least people that they, they really had an enjoyable talk with or whatever it is. So it, it really has done a lot um, community wise for, for us. And we love it. So that's wonderful. Um, so thank you. Thank you again for coming on to the podcast and I'll do my sign off. All right. Well, you're going to have to come to a class. So we'll, we'll book one. We'll book since one. You, since you let me plug mine, you can come to a class for on us. How's that? That sounds wonderful. And do, do an interesting, cool one. Okay. Totally. So for, right. for Amy Von Lang of uh, Scola, I am Rob Lee saying that there is food, art, all of these good things in and around Baltimore. You just have to look for it. <laughs>